Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. No, welcome back to the Will Brenton and Joe Gillio Show. Just kidding. I don't think we can actually rename the show, but we can try. It's uh, Wolfpack Day here at uh, DG's House. I almost said House of Horrors. Is that appropriate, Joe? Maybe? No, it's a sunny day. It's a beautiful it day. It's a sunny day in, in Raleigh, and uh, we're having a good time. Got uh, Kevin Keats, James Smith-Williams, Boo Corrigan. Boo, Boo Corrigan's on here talking beer. That was awesome. We've talked a lot about beer on this show. And we will talk more about beer. We only yeah. have an hour left, but um, we will also talk about, at some point, we'll break down... Um, AC, Atlantic wind totals, maybe. Talk ACC, what you expect in the ACC. But uh, first, we're going to go to the voice of the Wolfpack, Mr. Gary Hahn. Thanks for joining us, Gary. How you doing? Doing good, uh, Will. Doing good, Joe. Don't talk to me about beer. I don't drink. <laughs> no, we, don't worry. We will not. Yeah, you know, also, Kevin Keats didn't drink either. Yeah. He was uh, got, uh, had, a, had a gluten situation going on in his house. Um, what's your, uh, what's your where, where's your head at, Gary, in terms of when you look at maybe the the football team and 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 where they sit right now, um, it's kind of an unusual situation because it is, as some might say, kind of a rebuilding year, and yet there's still a very high floor for NC State. It feels like, which is not something that we've seen necessarily over the past ten to fifteen years. Well, Dave Doran's done an excellent job building this program, and after that first season, uh, you can see each year it gets a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. Uh, Dave Dorn is one of only three coaches at NC State to win uh, nine uh, football games or more in a season. Uh, he's done it twice. He can set the record if he can do it again. I don't know whether that's going to happen this year or not, but I do know that this football team has lots of talent. Uh, I think it's got good players at every position. There have been years at NC State when you couldn't say that. Uh, I think it's a very young team, though. And uh, obviously, as most people know, there's a huge offensive turnover. Uh, you lose uh, a lot of really good uh, football players, a couple of uh, three quality linemen, uh, two quality receivers. You lose a great six-year quarterback. You lose a thousand-yard rusher. That's uh, that's a lot to replace. And um, of course, the quarterback position is so important. And you got virtually no game experience at quarterback. And you got three guys there. Uh, McKay, Hockman, and Leary, they're fighting for that job. And uh, so, yeah, fortunately, on defense, there's there's more uh, back there. Uh, the defense has more experience and depth, and I think it needs to be good early uh, because, uh, you know, it's going to take the offense a, a while, I think, to, to, to get rolling. Gary, it's Joe. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on with us. Hey, Joe. I remember when Matt McKay – his redshirt year and you've seen more of practice than, than we have. Uh, but I do remember that there was some gushing involved against that defense, you know, the Bradley Chubb defense, and he was always the scout team quarterback. What do you, was there any moments or sometimes in practice that you thought, wow, this kid really has a chance because of who he was going against that year in practice? Well, you were uh, very, very impressed with his uh, mobility and his uh, ability to run the ball. Not only pass it, but uh, he's got the extra dimension where he can hurt you with his legs. And I think that's going to be important this year for NC State if he is the, the starting quarterback because uh, I think that's one thing State needs to do better this year than the, they did last year. Even with a 1,000-yard rusher, I think it's going to need to run the ball better to take some pressure off of uh, McKay or whoever that quarterback is. And if you've got a quarterback who can run, 
as well as throw, uh, then, uh, you know, you, you have just a little bit more of a, of a weapon there. And uh, Ryan Finley would run sometimes, but uh, he doesn't have the mobility that, that McKay does. That's what I remember about, uh, about McKay. And I remember Bradley Chubb in that, in that defense. Sometimes some guys, that, uh, they, they try to put a lick on McKay and some of the older defensive linemen would say, hey, don't, and, you know, they, they, respected, they respected him. And so, uh, you know, when you're just a, a freshman and you get the respect of guys that are going to be in the NFL, that tells you something. Gary, what do you think the appropriate level of fear slash respect slash concern NC State fans should have with a week one home opener against ECU? Because uh, since Coach Doran's been here, there have been a certainly – two sides to the to the story against the East Carolina. I know they're a rebuilding team, low win total, first-year head coach, but a guy who's, you know, coach against NC State, obviously, with that JMU game that was close last year. Uh, how much should should fans be wary of that of that opening uh, opening week speed bump? Well, I've seen a lot of NC State ECU games. This will be my 30th year calling uh, NC State football. And I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. But one thing uh, I know for sure, there's a common thread in all of it. And that's that uh, nobody wants to beat a team worse than ECU <laughs> wants to beat NC State. And I can, uh, I can tell you that for certain. That's a fact. And uh, sometimes, you know, it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, last year, uh, ECU was just, uh, well, they were just absolutely decimated. And uh, the coach was on his way out, and it was, uh, you know, it was a mess. But I can remember a game uh, against uh, ECU and Charlotte where State didn't have any defensive line at all. And I told Jeff Charles before the game, we were just talking, I said, you won't even have to pass the ball tonight if you don't want to. And he looked at me like I was absolutely crazy, and they had a back to ramp for 300-some-odd yards against State down in Charlotte, and they did to the pack what the pack did to ECU last year. So you just never know what, what's going to happen, but it's a heck of a rivalry, and it's uh, the Super Bowl for ECU. There's nobody they'd like to beat more than NC State. And number two on that list, there's nobody they'd like to beat more than North Carolina. So uh, I think that's all you have to say there. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Gary, you mentioned the, the change at quarterback. There's also a new uh, uh, quarterback's coach in Kurt Roper and the the co-offense coordinators in Dez Kitchings and George McDonald. I, I, as long as I've covered the team, you've always had a pretty good relationship with the offensive coordinator going back to Dana Bible. How, how do you get the sense that this situation is going to work out with two guys? Obviously, Dez and George um, have worked together for uh, many years now with Dave. Well, I think that's it. I think you just uh, answered that question. These guys have been in the system. They know what Dave Doran wants. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any uh, any waves there. Um, that's what I kind of get from from that situation. That uh, last year, uh, State did not run the ball real well, even though they had a thousand yard rusher. But they put the ball in the hands of a, a really great quarterback, and they decided that that's the way they were going to win. Now, this year, they're going to have to be a little bit different, but Dave Doran's always said, you know, I want to be able to run the football when I want to be able to run it and throw it when I want to be able to throw it. Well, this year, he's going to have to show that he can run the football, I think, whenever he wants to run it because you've lost three excellent offensive linemen, including the best center in college football. Now, you've got three guys that are, that are good coming back. 
but you got to find the other two. And a left tackle, there's a guy named uh, Manuel McGirt. And I can remember, what was it, about four or five years ago when he was recruited and signed at NC State. Everybody, this was a four-star guy out of Durham. And uh, everybody thought he was going to be, uh, you know, a pro very quickly. But it just uh, hasn't happened for him, and that's because he has not been healthy his entire career. Well, this is the first time he was able to go through a whole off-season uh, weight program. Uh, he's healthy, and he's out there looking pretty good. So, um, you know, he's I, – I don't know – you know, I'm not speaking for the coaches, but he's certainly got a chance to be the left tackle. They're going to have – I think Spies is uh, – a guy that uh, they may be able to plug in at uh, guard. I think he can also play center. Uh, so they're going to have to find the best five, and that's what preseason camp is all about. But I think most people think, well, how will NC State be able to run the ball better when they lost so many quality linemen? And uh, that's a big question mark. I mean, that's, that's something I think a lot of people are going to be watching. All right, Gary, we appreciate you taking the time, man. Uh, NC State Day, you've always been kind to jump on with us. And uh, I know Wolfpack fans are, are looking to hear, uh, looking forward to hearing your voice throughout what is supposed, should be a pretty good season. Thanks as always, man. Okay, I'm looking forward to year number 30. And uh, wow, guys, have have a great rest of the day. That's awesome, man. Uh, all right, take care, Gary Hahn, the voice of the Wolfpack here on uh, NC State Day. I'm Will Brinson, Joe Gillio. Do, do you think the the quarterback thing? I know we mentioned it, Joe, but it's like, is I don't know. I mean. Do you, do you what 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 would be your scale of concern for how this quarterback situation is going to unfold? I mean, it it is is it fair to say that it will make or break whether or not this team wins eight games or six games versus nine games? Well, you could lower the floor if the quarterback so? play is not that good. Yeah, you think so? I mean, what's look, the, all right, well, that's a better question. What's the worst case scenario for this year's NC State football team? Well. There's injuries. That's always sure. going to be a worst-case scenario. And I've likened this year in terms of a transition to Dave's first year. Now, it's not the same. The infrastructure, as Gary just mentioned, is obviously much better. They have much better players in the program. But there's still a level of turnover this year. And Dave's even said this. You know, he mentioned about Ryan Finley. When you have a six-year starter, he's 24 years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think there's experience th who's a six-year player who's a three-year starter, certain there's a, there's an experience level there's there. There's a drop-off. Yeah. There's going to be a drop-off. And even though Matt McKay has, has a different skill set, and Bailey Hockman probably does too, you, you, there's a certain trade you're going to make there. And I think you have to build a little bit of a different mousetrap. And one thing I kind of went back and looked at was Jacoby Brissett's first year because Dave, Storen, Dave Doran's offense looks different when you, the quarterback can run. And... Ryan Finley, as a junior, actually had, going back to the explosive plays, he actually had like nine of them. Right. He had none last year. Not one. That's concerning. Not one 10-yard run last year. So um, that's not, that wasn't his job, don't get me wrong. But when you can have that element like Jacoby Brissett had, it's, and think about what— Also, Jacoby Brissett would keep plays alive, even exactly. if he wasn't ripping off big runs. And Ryan Finley just—it's not his game. And the thing that Ryan had, and I think— this next quarterback will have two is very good parts around him. One of the things Jacoby struggled with was Naheem Hines was young. Jalen Samuels was yep. young. He didn't have great receivers. They dropped a lot of passes. One thing George McDonald's done, who's, who's now the co-offense coordinator, he's really fixed that receiving room. Like, you know, you did the spring game at Mike Lennon. You, you still text with him. And, and 
he'll never be able to say it, but if he had a chance to play with, oh or if Russell God. had a chance to play yeah. with the guys that that um, Ryan had a chance to play with, and I think Emeka Amizi's a kid this year who's going to have a big year for NC State. Thayer Thomas is a kid last year. Um, I, I think by the time he's done, he'll break every record Torrey Hole or Jacoby Myers had in terms of career receiving wow. records at NC State. But it, the game has changed that much. The number of targets that he's going to have, the number of chances that he's going to have, is just going to dwarf what those know, guys were, what those guys were yeah, able to get. Sure. And that yeah. doesn't, that's not to diminish what he can do, but I think, I think he's going to have a really good year. They, they picked up Tabari Hines, a kid who absolutely murderballed them the last time they played Wake Forest down in Winston-Salem. Well, he spent a graduate year at Oregon. Now he's at NC State. I think one area he could really help is the kick return game. You know, they lost Naheem last year, and that was a big drop-off for yeah, them. They for had sure. no special teams help on that from that front. So to me, there are some spots there where you can – Let's be honest, too, like their timing's just been off, right? Like if Chris Dunn's there in 2016, you beat Clemson, you're, maybe you're 9-3 and three that year. Well, Joe, it's, it's been like that for like <laughs> – I, I know. So, <laughs> Like the, the Mario Williams defense. <laughs> exactly, like, with Phil. It rolls over yeah. with Phil, yeah. So I think – By the way, on the, on the Finley thing, just want to point out, too, you mentioned like breaking records. Uh, my buddy Nate, who was uh, one of the, the members of that Louisville trip that we talked about, and I should point out that Nathan at one point in time rolled a gutter ball while we were on that trip and then tried to act like he didn't do it. But he also argued that Ryan Finley almost had better stats or as good as stats as, uh, as Phillip Rivers. And the reality is when you look at the stats, you could actually make that case. Now, you would never say that he's as good a quarterback as Phillip Rivers. No one would ever say that, right? I mean, I think we all agree with that. But you could make the case – that he has the the stats. What I'm, I'm setting this up for an argument about. Uh, oh, versus, was, yeah. I was like, don't get me in trouble on NC State Day. No, 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 no. <laughs> when, when OBS was talking about being asked, and listen, I made this point on Twitter before the NFL draft. When you 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 have to choose your words wisely. They have to mean something. Philip Rivers was great. Philip Rivers is one of the best players in ACC history, if not the best quarterback in ACC history. So there's nothing you can't then put someone else in the same sentence if they're not in that stratosphere. Well, right. Ryan Finley was a very good or even good college football player. Nothing wrong, right? In terms of saying he was a good player, had and maybe even had great stats. Although his touchdown passes weren't great, they were just okay. But you can't say he's great when you know when you have a standard. Uh, you mentioned D'Antonio Burnett before Thunder. His saying is the standard is the standard. Yeah. And when you're NC State, which I you think have, you might have gotten from Mike uh, from Mike Tomlin. Yeah. But when you have Philip Rivers as the standard, you know what it is. Yeah. So to me, um, you know, yeah, it's going to be an interesting transition, like I said, because I think there were some things Ryan did really well, and then there may be some things where they could maybe like that Jacoby Brissett type of offense where you see you're extending some plays, you're making some plays. It'll be interesting to see how they make that adjustment in what we're both saying is pretty much a transition year for them. So who I have, I have two questions for Joe. Once we get out of this break, one, who is the greatest quarterback in ACC history? Well, don't, you don't answer that. Just teasing for the folks out there, but two, I am curious. That's a pro radio move, a tease. Yeah, here tease, from that's Will. right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and two, the other pro radio move is leaving in the middle of the radio show to go take the radio. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and then, two, I want to get your thoughts on this co-offensive coordinator setup and how it's going to work. Because I don't think – I got in an argument uh, over the weekend about it. I was trying to explain it to some people, and they just – they took whatever I was saying as, like, not, not true. So, we're going to answer those two questions coming up after the break. 
Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show, NC State Day. I'm Will Brinson, Joe Giglio, hanging, having a good time today, talking Wolfpack athletics. As I teased professionally before the uh, before the break, I'm curious, Joe, your thoughts on the co-offensive coordinator situation. And by the way, if you want to chat NC State football, basketball, whatever, uh, you can call 919-8609. No, see, Darren, you can't call you've got to correct them, Darren. No, I was going to go get the 800 number, too, but you can't call the 919 Statewide number? Statewide syndication, man. Not everybody gets that toll free. Well, they just throw that number in the trash. That's insane. We're 1- such rookies, Darren. 1-800-849-2761. <laughs> okay, but at the very least, I think Joe and I can agree that the 1-800 number should also be plastered. On in the, the studio. Yeah, yeah. We, we both made the same What if it was a, a giant banner and we know. just missed it? Listen, um, Listen yeah. about the coordinators, I'm, I'm, this is almost like the quarterback situation where you're like, well, if you have two, you have a problem. You That's gotta, what people it, think. That's but, what people are worried about. Yeah, I think well, it's interesting. During the spring, I had a chance to talk to both George McDonald and Des Kitchings about, like, how is this going to work? Sure. And they were they both said, it's Dave Doran's offense. Like, he's the one, mm. basically, we're going to do what Dave says. Um, but as far as the actual setup, uh, George will be on the field. And he's always kind of been involved in the third down play calling, even when Eli Drinkwitz was the um, OC. Sure. And he'll still do that. And, you know, and then um, Des is up in the booth, so – I think Des is the one who's kind of on the mic and, and calls the plays, and George has his input. But, you know, I do think it comes down to Dave is very detail-oriented. There's a, there's a lot of scripts involved. There's, there's not a lot Dave leaves to chance. Um, do you think that it's a, hey, here's what we're rolling by? Like, I mean, is he is, – I, I, guess, I, I guess how do you think the, the play to play – like, let's say they're going up, up tempo, yeah. like no huddle, um, and they start on their own 20 – and they're working their way closer to the red zone. I mean, is it like Dez is finding third down plays and then trying to feed him to George? Like, hey, this is something that they're, you know, this is they're lined up in this. Let's start looking at this for third down. Uh, let's start looking at this for the red zone. How, did, how does that, how do you think that, like, that whole thing plays out? Yeah, I think they're all together in terms of, like, the duties and the separation of what they're doing. Like, I don't think it's a situation where, hey, I need to be the person who gets credit for being the offensive coordinator. Or, That's hey, what you want to hear. I mean, yeah, I I think Dez is the one who's up in the booth who's pretty much going to be the primary play caller, I think. But okay. Or so part I guess of it, George would be feeding the third down and yeah, red zone to Dez. But I think the part of it that's interesting to me anyway is that how much of it really will be Dave's imprint. And, and mm. you know, Dave's background is, is on defense, but – he has a very specific idea of how he wants to play the game. We talked before about having a quarterback who can run. You know, that's what he had at Northern Illinois. Yeah. I mean, he he had a lot of success in Northern Illinois. That's how he got to NC State. I'm drawing, so. I mean, it's not Paxton Lynch. Or Jordan Lynch. Jordan Lynch. Yeah. I was like, who's the name So, the you know, for me, I'm not concerned about the setup per se. To me, it would be – I think this season has to be about just finding the right quarterback to me. Like, it doesn't matter really which one of the three it is because they all have eligibility going forward. Right. 
Uh, we've talked about that I believe, tw- you know, 2021, 2022 will be high tide years for them. But part of being in the high tide is having that quarterback again in place um, like they did for those years with Ryan Finley or Jacoby Brissett or Russell Wilson or Philip Rivers, you know, or Jamie Burnett before that. Um, you just do, have do to be think, in a situation where you know who the guy is. Do you think that there's any concern? Because Dave is always – and I, I, I asked him about this, and I don't, I don't know if he liked the question, but I was like – I was like, are you operating some sort of next level money ball thing where you're approaching the transfer market for quarterbacks? He's like, no, I want my own quarterback. He's like, I would prefer to have my own quarterback. It's just hard. You know, yeah. it's just, we had some really great transfers fall in our laps and it's hard to get, you know, I mean, like you got Jacoby when he, you know, that his transfer year was Dave's first season. Yeah. And then, so you got multiple years of Jacoby, then you get multiple years of Ryan Finley. So it just kind of worked out well. It's not something he wants to try and do with, I mean, isn't, doesn't Devin Leary, in a best case scenario, you're talking about the high tide years. Devin Leary develops into the guy who can be the quarterback they developed. He leads them during those years, and it makes it easier to recruit, right? Yeah, I think one thing about coaches and one thing about where Dave is that he'll be the first person to tell you, like, it was touch and go in 2016 at the end of 2016. Yes. In terms of his own future. And, you know, they, they beat Carolina, they get into the bowl game, and they get some of the momentum where they are now. Um, and I think he's in such a better place, both where the program is and also probably mentally, like you can play a little bit of a longer game, right? I think when you are in that kind of survival mode, you're like, yeah, you know what? I just hired this guy from Boise. He's got a quarterback he, who he or, likes. Or I'm more likely to hire this guy from Boise because he's got a sure, quarterback. Either yeah. way, the chicken or the egg. But I just feel like you, when you're in survival mode, yeah, which all of these coaches are you know, but the exception of like Roy Williams and Mike Shevsky, or like Bill Belichick, are yeah, yeah. they're all in <laughs> because yeah. it, you know it's kind of like Tabari Hines. Well, I mean, did they go out and find him, or did they realize here's a guy who, who could help us? You know, I think you have to make that's where college sports is now. That's you're going to lose some guys like they just lost Tim K. Glass, who's a backup. I did There was some strange reporting there nationally on that one. Um, they're like, oh, they lost their starting safety two days in the practice. I'm like, he didn't start last year. And he was listening on the, his third string of the depth chart, too. Uh, yeah. Right? I mean, was... Not to diminish a loss of anybody, but it's right. kind of like, yeah. you know, that's what my point is. That's where we are in college sports now. Guys come, guys go. And when you're in that mode of survival, you're trying to plug as many holes and, and make your team as best as you can. If it's a transfer, if it's a freshman, if it's, you know, a gift from God, I don't know. But right. you're going to do it. Well, like to wit, to your point, I mean, after 2016, when State went seven and six and three and five in the ACC, if they'd gone out and gone three and nine again, or like four and eight, then you know Dave's probably gone, right? I mean, whereas now well, they lost the Carolina game in two th- for sure, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah then they're yeah. five and seven. They don't make a bowl, and it's, she makes a change. Yeah, yeah, makes a change. Yeah, for sure. And even but like but now I think if if NC State went out and went four and eight. It would be it would be disappointing. Yeah, but and he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, right? No, yeah, because I mean, of what they have. And but what that's done. such a different setup mentally for him, for sure. And but even for like the for everybody. Yeah, I mean for the players in the program, for him, he knows that not like he's not worried about it. I mean, Dave wants to win as many games as he can, but he understands that if this is a rebuilding season where they go four and eight, um, you know, they can survive. So which is my segue to. Nothing except we're going to take a break now. Uh, we got we, Scott Wood coming up. We got up Scott now. Wood. Yes. Scotty three coming up on the other side. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back on the David Glenn show with uh, Wolfpack Day. 
Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. is not david glenn it's will brinson it's wolf pack day got uh joe jillian in here hanging out excited to have you guys all listening calling in today if you want to call in and talk nc state at all the number is 1-800-849-2761 happy to take any and all calls um we, uh, you know, we had an interesting discussion about the um, about the co-offensive coordinators and about sort of you know where NC State resides. It is kind of interesting, Joe, that like it's hard in 2019, whether it's basketball or football, in my opinion, to have a stable program. It's really hard. You mentioned guys coming in and out. I mean, there's lots of like good programs out there. Like, there's nothing, nobody more stable in the country than like Kirk Ferentz. I just can't. I was going to say Clemson, but. Well, Clemson, no, but I mean, Clemson, <laughs> Clemson's just better than Alabama at this point. Yeah. Well, and Alabama's great, were too. in the championship game last year. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that, like, Dabo has passed. That's my hot take. Dabo's passed Nick Saban on the on the list of great coaches. As I mean, I, I would take Dabo right now. I just think he's doing a better job building out a, a program. I think the difference is that they've been able to have good assistants stay. You know, like Alabama, yep. I was mentioning this on Twitter last week, like that guy, he he has had great assistance, obviously, Jimbo Fisher and, and some of these other guys. But, you know, it's hard to keep good coaches around. I think that's one thing Dave Dorian's done a really good job of. Yeah. Um, but and now and people ask me, who's who's the who's your co-favorite person? You speaking of co-coordinators, <laughs> who's the co-favorite person you ever <laughs> covered? Oh, wait. And the answer is it really? Is the person who's on the other line? Scott Wood, is that? Are you there? I'm, I'm here now. This is what happens. Town, Monty Cow's hometown, and you're in Indiana. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were here. Is, I'm, no, I'm in Indiana. I leave uh, Saturday for Montenegro, so I gotta. I'm, I'm prepping to, to get ready to take off. Well, you're on with me, Joe Gilio and Will Brinson. It's NC State Day, and I am. Well, glad that you joined us because you recently had your your first baby. Congratulations to you! I did. Thank you. She's she's precious. She's getting bigger each and every day. Um, she's not keeping me up too much at night, so I, I can't complain. And I actually should say congratulations to Tony and your wife, the the actual really NC State athletic star in the family, not you. <laughs> well, second, can you still hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. I was going to say, we should congratulate Tony Ann, though, because she was the real athletic star at NC State, not you. <laughs> she uh, she definitely pulled her own. I'll give her that. I wouldn't say it's all her genes, but uh, there's definitely going to be a few that I'm going to have to get from her for sure. It's notable, though, that you named your daughter Raleigh, and your last name is Wood. 
I mean, that yep. if you weren't an NC State legend Wait, before. Wait, so your, your daughter's <laughs> name is Raleigh Wood? That is incredible. It's completely awesome. We have a Raleigh Wood football league, like fantasy football. Raleigh Wood is a perfect name. Well, I'm yeah. not going to want to change my the last problem name. Was, I was going to change her middle name to City of the Oaks, but they, I, I think there was an <laughs> issue there. With, so we had to just pick a family name for them. You're off to Montenegro. That's for your, your league. What do you got going on? So I leave um, Saturday for Montenegro, and they play uh, in the ABA, which Saturday. And then I pretty much start my, my training camp and everything else. So but getting back into the swing of it. What's What's been better for you, Italy or Turkey? What did you enjoy better professionally? Uh, well, I was in France last year. Okay. So you're, you're, I'm a year behind. Yellow pill. Yeah. So we, I was in France last year, and France was all right. Um, and then you said, you said where? Turkey. Turkey was where you originally were. All right. All right. My connection to Scott Wood, my man, who's in Indiana. He's, I think he's on vacation. But he did. He just. Had I, a I swear he said I'm in Monty Tal's hometown. Yeah, that's where. It, well, he's. Is that from, the, there. Yeah. from Marion? Is, yes. is, okay, that's the same. Yes. Okay, the same. Okay. Um, so, maybe maybe cell phone service in Marion is, is bad. I mean, my cell phone service in my house in Raleigh is terrible. My service in Garner is pretty good. I got to give a shout out to Garner. Okay, shout out to Garner. I always end up, um, yeah, I always end up like, you know, catching flack because my, my cell service dies out. Or my son, Robbie, is like screaming on his iPad while I'm trying to like do a radio hit of my, my dog George is barking. You know, it just turns into a total nightmare. Raleigh Wood is the greatest child name yeah. of all time. Though. He, he's he's cemented himself as an NC State legend. Did you write that headline? Is there a headline out there that you wrote where it's like Raleigh Wood? No, no. no. So I just saw a headline. I think um, there's somebody who was like Scott Wood cements himself as NC State legend by naming daughter Raleigh Wood. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I didn't even realize that. But no, I I've, I graduated from NC State in 1997. I worked a technician. And I've been at the NNO since 95. And of all the people I've covered, you know, Scott obviously played for four years. And, you you know, even in this day, you still get to know some people. Sure. Just by having to converse with them so much. And Scott did so much, particularly when Sid was there. You know, there were some losses there that. You probably don't want to talk to reporters. Yeah, Yeah. it's tough. So I've always given Scott credit as um Willing to talk to us. You know, Torin Dorn was that way this year. Who's the other co? So the other one would have been the other three-point specialist, Ralston Turner. Oh, okay. Yeah. Scott, did we have you back? Let's do this again. One more one more time. <laughs> Don't get frustrated. So you're, you're getting ready to go back to France is what you're saying. No, I'm going to Montenegro. Okay. So I, have, I, I signed with a team in Montenegro called Budnos Valley, and they're a, a Euro Cup team, and then they play in the Adriatic League as well. So I'll be both in Euro Cup and the Adriatic League, and I'll leave Saturday, and then uh, then training camp starts. And for for how those is... that don't know, Montenegro is a Balkan country with rugged mountains, medieval villages, <laughs> and a narrow strip of beaches along its Adriatic coastline. Uh, the Bay of Kotor resembling a fjord. Will like, providing the I'm reading Googles. from Wikipedia now, yeah. Scott, is what's happening. Yeah, I was about to say, the way, the way I usually describe it to people is it's east of Italy and north of Greece, and it's been somewhere around there. That's usually how I say it. How has your three-point game translated at the international level, Scott? Uh, it, I mean, it really hasn't bothered me, honestly. Uh, I mean, right when I, right when I left school and I did 
summer league, the, the NBA line bothered me more than the international line. Interesting. Um, but, um, I, and it's just because, I mean, you practice, 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 and then it's only a foot. But then when you go to the NBA, it's about a foot and a half, two feet. Um, but, I mean, honestly, it hasn't, it hasn't bothered me. Last year I shot 45 from three. Um, so it hasn't, it hasn't bothered me too much. I mean, all you got to do is put the ball in the hole. That's what everybody. It doesn't matter. No matter how you shoot, just make sure you make it. One of my favorite stories about you, Scott, is the first story your dad ever told me about you and that he taught your dad played college basketball and he's the one who taught you how to shoot. And he taught you how to shoot on a Jordan Jammer uh, kids basketball hoop. And that this is before you could walk, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, mm -hmm. he used to block your shot when you couldn't even walk on the Jordan Jammer if you didn't use the right form to shoot the, the, the tiny kids basketball. Yeah, we've got we've got it on. Uh, I think it would be VHS or or whatever it was called for sure somewhere at home. But yeah, it was uh, it was some strict lessons. I mean, we definitely had to do it the right way. He wouldn't let me shoot on a uh, a ten foot goal until I was strong enough to actually shoot on it and not throw it. So uh, it was definitely strict, and it was definitely uh, it's definitely effective. So it, it got my form uh, right early on for sure. Is Tony Ann gonna allow you to to employ the same school of parenting as Big Scotland? <laughs> Uh, I think nowadays a lot of that stuff might be uh, frowned upon. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll I'll see how much I can get away with, but I'm sure there's going to be a little fine line there where Tony Ann's going to go, yeah, we probably can't do that. And I saw you in Raleigh, what was it, two summers ago now? Have you had a chance to come back and come to any games or, or check in with the Kevin Keats regime? Obviously, you, you played for uh, both Sidney Lowe and Mark Gottfried, but uh, have you had a chance to kind of catch up with the Wolfpack at all? Yeah, so I haven't been – I have not – since I have turned pro, I haven't seen not one basketball game. I've seen two football games, but I haven't been able to catch a basketball game. But this summer I stayed uh, I stayed right in Cameron Village, had an apartment there for the for the two, two and a half months I was there. Um, was able to get in touch with Coach Keith. We talked a couple times while I was there, got access to the gym, was in the gym probably three, four times a week. So um, played pickup with the guys a couple times. So. Yeah, we were in there. I mean, just to touch base on the teams doing, see how they're working, and, and I know he's he's liking the way the, the the team's shaping up. They're getting in the gym. I think they've been doing some, some six o'clock workouts. They've been getting in there working. So um, it's definitely going to be a, an interesting year for sure. But I think he's got a lot of guys that he likes that are going to play hard and, and mesh into his system. So I'm I'm hoping for a lot of success for him. More importantly, you're a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. To bring mm. this back to Will's wheelhouse here, he's an NFL expert. Um, have you flexed on all of your Pittsburgh people that you have to tell them who Jalen Samuels was before his breakout at the end of last year. Yeah, you know it's funny because a lot of my family was kind of freaking out when when James Conner went down, and then obviously was worried because they didn't think Le'Veon's gonna come back. And I'm just sitting there telling them, I was like, dude, Jay Sam's gonna be the guy for us. I mean, they, he's gonna be that quiet sleeper because Ben loves the guy that can catch it out of the backfield as well. So he kind of fits that mold that we need there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a lot more carries this year and is utilized a lot more on third down for sure. No, I think you're right, Scott. And, in fact, um, unbeknownst to Darren and Joe, I'm actually doing a fantasy mock draft right now. So I jammed <laughs> that into this afternoon because I didn't have enough everywhere. Jeez. I know. Uh, but I, if, if, if he doesn't get drafted, I'm about to draft Jalen in this mock draft. And I think he's a steal because if you look at – all the targets that are now missing with Antonio Brown gone, the assumption is it's going to be like Dante Moncrief or James Washington soaking him up. But the reality is, is that J Jason moves so well around the line of scrimmage and coming out of the backfield that they, instead of just adding more wide receivers to the formation, the Steelers can just go two running backs out of the back, you know, two running back backfield 
but with like Jay Sam and Jay and Connors, and then just let Jay Sam be a, a reception target in a short yarded passage game for for Ben. So, if you want to comment on on that further, feel free to. Steve well, Super. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm no football expert, but I I do know that with with AB gone, they're going to have to they're going to have to fill a huge void there. And I think if it is at a two running back system or something, I think they're going to have to implement him because they know how well he played, especially at the end of the season last year, that they're going to have to get him the ball more. And Ben is always, especially with late, when we had Le'Veon, he, I mean, he was catching almost 60, 70, 80 balls, I think, uh, a year. Yeah, like 83, he had 83 in his peak year. I mean, he would, I mean, he could run, yeah, yeah, he could run every route. And that's the thing with Jason. He can do, I'm not sure how we ended up having like a Steelers conversation. Scott but is a huge Steelers Scott, fan. Scott should actually consider <laughs> a second career in NFL media. I, I would try it. You know, I think uh, I'd probably look kind of dumb because they'd be like, oh, he played basketball. He doesn't know anything about football. But, you know, I think I know a little bit enough that I could talk about it. But, yeah, I, I would love to see him get more catches. That is the bottom line. I think he would be uh, really good for especially out of the backfield. I think Ben has always utilized that uh, running back in the uh, drop-down passes. you got to fake it till you make it, Scott. If I taught you anything in your four years at NC State and dealing with the media, I mean, that um, – I, I'd like to think I'm pretty good at it. Okay. I think I'm better at it with my wife than I am the, the media, but uh, <laughs> I get out of a lot of baby stuff like this. So I told her I'm going to work out now. So I'm pulled over on the side of the road doing a, an interview. That, so we're, we're doing well. Hey, that's look, man. You're you're already you're already well in your good parent wheelhouse. My son's in the next room <laughs> over with the producers and the interns playing on his iPad, eating a, eating a bag of muffins. I'm a great parent. Have you crossed paths with Rich or uh, Zoe in your in your pro career? Uh, I have not crossed paths with any of them yet. The only one I've crossed paths with I played C.J. Williams once or twice. Um, I met the most random thing ever in Turkey. I met uh, C.J. Leslie landed in Istanbul, literally walked by him, and I'm like, looked at my wife wow. I looked at him and then looked at my wife and literally CJ Leslie's looking me in my face <laughs> as random as can be um but um this year's those actually he signed for uh Red Star and, and Belgrade Serbia so he's gonna be in the same league as me so we'll definitely cross paths this year Whoa, that's awesome yeah so I'll get to see him a, a few because I think we're only about I think we're only about a two and a half three hour drive away from each other so I'll, I'll get to see him a lot more this year Scott, there's a 30 for 30 to be done about the Gottman era that I, I'm going to count on you for to pick me up for. So just just keep that in mind. You still owe me one more interview. <laughs> All right. That's fine. I, yeah. I, can, I can give you whatever you need, man. I'll try Ooh. my best. Always good, buddy. Hey, thank you for joining us. Thank you for making the effort, and best of luck this season in Montenegro. Bud. Oh, no, I appreciate it, guys. I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. Okay, All right, care. Scott. Take care, man. All right. Uh, I guess we will take a quick break. Why not? That was fantastic. Scott's the best, man. I'd it's like riding a bike. He, extra you know. effort, too. He really, really, really wanted to clear up that signal. So, like, what a dude. <laughs> I mean, he pulled over on the side. of the, Like, he didn't – he could have been like, you know what? I'm packing for – I tried. Yeah. Wherever it was that I just Googled. Uh, I'm in Marion, Indiana. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of fibbing to my wife about what I'm doing. I'm not, not, he is probably going to go work out, so I don't want to get him yeah, in trouble. But, yeah. like, you know, he did pull over – I mean, he pulled over on the side of the road and found a good spot to talk. I don't always do that for every interview I do. I'll just keep plowing along. Yeah, I mean, you're doing a mock draft. You're doing Jim yeah. Rome's radio I did get show. J- I did get you're Jason. doing our yeah. show. I did get Jason. <laughs> the, yeah. This guy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we've had such an eventful day, though. It's been It's fun. NC State Day, David Glenn's show. All week, Darren. When, give, me the, give me the lineup again because we have the Panthers on Friday. I know that. Panthers are on Friday. Tomorrow will be App State Day with Adam Witten and Brett Strelo. Thursday. Strezy. Yeah. 
he, of course, he's he's at uh, um, App State now. Yeah, yeah, he's at App State yeah. in their athletic department. So he gets invited back to do sort of crossover media things with us. Um, Thursday, Mike Maniscalco is going to be in there doing Carolina Hurricanes Day. And then next week is filled up as well. So it'll be a lot of fun. It goes to next week, too. How much vacation does David Glenn have? <laughs> he's in – well, he's – he might not be there just yet. He's in London. He's going to London. Oh, he's traveling? Yeah. Taking the whole family. Why didn't somebody tell me this? I wouldn't have called this the David Glenn show all day. I would have called it the <laughs> Prince and Antilia show all day. Um, by the way, Joe, you won't know. You deserve you. I'm in this chair. You should have been in this chair. This You, you drove Listen, this. Listen, uh, you, you did well today. We we had some great guests. Uh, Darren, you put all this stuff up on well, yeah, ACCsports.com. Yeah, yeah. All, okay. Everything he does, he does say, related from the show will be not the obvious beer part, now. but no. <laughs> Darren actually not. thought he actually thought you were gonna finish that says, Darren, you put all this together, and he was about to say thank you. And, <laughs> yeah. and then he went in a different direction. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> no. who's really driving the bus? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, well, we, we got to take one more break, and then you come do. Back. You have right. one more break. I will right, we'll take the break right now. We'll come back and uh, wrap this puppy up uh, before we pass it down the road to whoever is on your local station at 3 p.m. Dave Glenn Show, Wolfpack Day. Be right back after this. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. And yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. I, but I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Final closing seconds. Oh, my God, we're going to speed through this. Joe Gillio, do you think we can do all the Atlantic team over-unders in one minute? You're wasting time. Let's go. Let's do it. Clemson, 11 and a half. Over. Easy. Syracuse, eight. Over. That started at five. Wow, over. You got Syracuse big. Florida State, seven and a half. Over. Uh-oh. This is not going to bode well for this next one. <laughs> NC State, seven. Uh, push. Uh-oh. Wake Forest, six. Over. Way over. Rack that. So you... All right, all right, we'll get to that in a second. Boston College, six. Ooh. Under. Louisville, three and a half. Under. Under three and a half? Yeah, they're going to be terrible. Who are they? Who? Okay, all right. So which one's your best bet out of all of those? Is it Wake Forest? I'd s- I feel strongest about Wake Forest and then Louisville. Okay, wow. Yeah, I think Louisville's going to be three and nine. Three and they nine. They have two gimmies, and they'll they'll pull one ACC game out of there. Oh my hat. goodness, that's insane! All right, this has been a fun day. We've had a good three hours. I went here for we all did. three hours. You uh, you carried the things while I was missing, but uh, it's been Dave Glenn Show, Will Bridge, and Joe Gillio. Thanks everybody for listening. Have a great day. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.